0: Welcome to the Kick Ass Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Weaver. You might also know me as the brand medium. I have been in the branding industry for over 20 years now. I'm a published author and I'm also a psychic medium. So, in my normal days, you can find me doing psychic readings for people's businesses and brands. But right now, right here on this podcast, I am talking to a bunch of kick-ass business women who have made it successfully in business despite some setbacks. Some of them have personal challenges and some of them have had business challenges, but either way, they're going to tell us how they overcame them and how we can do the same. And they're also going to give us their recipes for success. So, if you're starting up a business or you are wanting to get further in your business, then this is the podcast for you. So, go grab a cup of and settle in. And let's get on with the Kick-Ass Chronicles podcast. I am interviewing today, Maitri Patel. She has, well, I met her through Active Wellness, which is a spa where you do infrared. You've probably seen it on my pages. So she's got two studios or well, two spas for that. She's also just started a new business called House of Wellness, which is amazing. And I've already spent a bit of money there. <laughs> 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 on the products. I won't go too far into it. I'll let her tell you about it. Uh, plus, she started Bollywood Dance, which is the biggest dance studio, Bollywood Dance Studio in Perth. So that's pretty amazing. And she has an app too called Bolly Active Fitness. So that is global. That is amazing. Welcome to this wonderful lady. She can tell you all about herself. So welcome on, Maitri.
1: Thank you, Rikki. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and thank you for inviting me. I think it's quite an honor being the second guest for your second episode. So thank you.
0: Technically, you're the first guest because my ah. first episode was just me. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm honored, so thank you.
0: So tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, and I guess plug the businesses a little bit too at the beginning. While we Absolutely, can. <laughs> yeah.
1: So just to give you a bit of a background of where I started and how it all began. I was born in India. I left home when I was 15 years old, and I moved to Canada to do my high school there. And I did that as a part of an exchange program. So I was an international exchange student. And uh, after that at 17, I moved to Brisbane to do my university. So I've left home at a very young age. And I think at that age, ignorance is bliss. You don't really have any fear. You don't know any better. So now when I think about it, what was I thinking? How did I do it? <laughs> but I think back in the days, you know, you just don't know any better. And I'm a bit of an adventure freak. So I'm like, well, let's go do it. So at 17, I moved to Brisbane. I did my bachelor's and my MBA there. And I've been living in Perth for the last 13 years. And when I first moved to Perth, I used to have a job working for the government as to work for the state government uh, in marketing, because that's what my background is. And dance has always been a passion. So I started my very first business in my garage. So I turned the garage into a dance studio 13 years ago. And over the years, we have really grown it into something beautiful. We have about 300 students, ranging from the ages of three. Uh, and my oldest is 71. And we are one of the few studios in Perth that caters to adult dancers. So most of my dancers, they are, you know, Caucasian, Australian background. They haven't danced really growing up, so they didn't have a ballet or a contemporary background. And now as an adult, we don't have that many options to go to a dance class where you are a complete beginner. So that's where Bollywood comes in, because it's fun, it's colorful, it's easy, it's great for fitness. And that's kind of how it began. So we can have a good mix of students in the class with half of them of Indian or Asian backgrounds, and the other half are your true blue Australians who want something different, a bit of culture, a bit of color. So that's how it began. And yeah, over the years, we've really grown it. I've got a team of eight instructors in my dance studio. We've won lots of awards. We are a telethon community partner. We have raised $36,000 for telethon wow. so far.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yes. Yeah, so every year we do a dance concert, which is basically to provide a platform to all our students so that everything they learn during the classes, they get to perform. And through the ticket sales, every single dollar raised goes to Telethon. So we have grown it. And the last year, our concert was at Quarry Amphitheater, which is very prestigious. There's very few dance schools, which are non-ballet dance schools, which get um, the opportunity to perform with the Quarry. So we got lucky two years ago when we celebrated our 10th anniversary and the mayor of the town of Cambridge uh, let us uh, use that space. So we are very blessed. And we had about 700 people for our last concert and we are now up to $36,000 in the funds raised. And we have the next one coming on the 1st of December. So everyone was in Perth, please come and join us. Yes. I would like to go to that. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a beautiful <laughs> night under the stars. You can have a little picnic. You can, you know, support local per talent and help us raise funds for a wonderful cause that's Tenthon.
0: Yeah, that is, that is just brilliant. So it's fun for a good cause. I love a bit of fundraising. That's right. It- <laughs> I, love the, I love the Bollywood style dancing. It's just one of those things that I just feel like everybody is so sort of just free. and That's it uninhibited and i think especially in western cultures mm-hmm. we we just we lose that yeah. and we lose that ability and like uh, you know for me in my 20s or whatever i was out clubbing and cuz i love dancing i think it's yeah. amazing and yeah. then you hit your 30s and you're like can i still go out clubbing like i i just want to dance yeah. but i don't want to you know and they've got like the the oh uh, the the dances that are like the non-alcoholic dances and stuff that's it yeah that you can go to i can't remember what mm-hmm. they're called now yeah, But I don't know, it's just not quite, I mean, they were great, but it's just not quite the same and it'd just be fun to go and just let loose again because I That's think it. as we get older, we really lose that sense of just fun and joy and, yes. and you know, just that lack of inhibition and just being able to go and, and move your body to the music and have some fun. That's
1: it, spot on. Like average age of my dancers is like 45s. Most of us work full time and the classes run weekday nights. So, you know, we finish a long day at work and we really look forward to go to the studio because yes. now I can let loose. I can really just have some fun and I forget about the crappy day I've had.
0: Well, that's what dancing is, isn't it? It brings, brings back your joy, makes you remind, reminds you of being human and all that. <laughs> yeah, and your inner child. I think your inner child is very important. Absolutely. So what, like, I mean, I guess that's quite a a standard thing in India anyway, isn't it, to get into the dancing? Is that? It's a big part
1: of the culture. Yeah, it's a huge part of the culture, whether it's birthdays or weddings, like dance is a huge part. And also one of the things that I really push forward, I think in our Australian culture, dance is quite often just looked at something that girls do or females do. And for boys, it's all, you know, got to be macho and have to play footy and I don't dance kind of thing. Whereas where I come from in my culture, we have equal amount, equal number of men in the class as well. And in my classes, it's not, we don't have an equal balance, but it's getting better. So, you know, we probably have about 20% men. And I have to confess, most of them come in because they're dragged in by the partners (laughs) to do a fun activity. But it's just beautiful to see more men embracing dance as well. Because I really think that something like dance, it has no gender. It's for everybody.
0: It is. And a man who can dance, I'll tell you what.
1: That's right.
0: There's right. <laughs> there is something about a man who knows how to move properly.
1: Hundred <laughs> percent. To rhythm.
0: Boys, take note. Okay. <laughs> it is it is an attribute if you can dance. If you can play you know how to like, you know.
1: It's a green flag, that's it's what him, it is.
0: It a hundred percent is, yeah. <laughs> <It's>. <laughs> So I guess like we've had a little conversation and what I wanted to, to dig into a little bit, I guess, well, what, what I like digging into is the challenges that people have faced to sort of get where they are because it all looks fantastic on the surface once you've hit that point, but it's, it's bloody hard work to get there. So I guess for me, I, I know we've had a bit of a conversation and tell me if you don't want to go too further into that, but like you made the decision not to have kids so that you could pursue, you know, your business career. Yeah. Tell me about that a bit and how, because that would have been, I mean, that's a difficult decision to weigh up and, you know, like, I mean, you've done some amazing things because of it. So do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely.
1: So I've been with my partner for a long time. We have been married for 10 years, coming to eleven very soon. And I'm in my mid thirties and I knew very early on I had personally myself made that decision. And me and my partner, we have about seven years between us. So he's older than me. So when we were dating, I made it very clear that this is a no-go for me. Like this is a deal breaker. And then he was completely okay with it. And this is something I got a lot when I was younger, that you'll change your mind in your 30s and in your 40s. And if anything, my belief of being child-free by choice has been stronger, if anything else. Every passing single day, it gets stronger and more firmer. And over the years, now that has slowly shifted for my partner from him going, if you change your mind, it's great. We can have kids. If you don't, that's okay too. And now he has sort of come to my side, the dark side, as I call it. (laughs) And he sees we have, you know, a lot of friends who are a couple, similar age group as us, who have recently had kids or, you know, kids are a couple of years old. And we see the struggle that they face. And I run four businesses. So to do what I do. I mean, hats off to the moms. It is a job that is just incredible. There's nothing else in this world. But I am very aware of the fact what my skill sets are, what I can give in. And for me, my ambition, my businesses and my babies, and I really wouldn't do justice to them if I had kids. And I've never been maternal that way. And I guess all the maternal instincts I have that goes towards my students, like I had 300 kids, I say, at the dance studio. I have a team of eight instructors. I have at the spa, I've got five girls. So these all are my kids. So that's where I use up my, I guess, motherly instinct to be. Uh, I think the other part was, again, when you come from an ethnic background, it's a very different conversation because your family, your aunties, your uncles, your cousins, everybody but in. And it's completely acceptable. Like they would question it openly. Why are you not having kids? So that was another big part. Again, I think because I was so firm in that, it was okay for me. But it has been a journey for them to accept that as well. Especially when you come from an ethnic background, having kids or not choosing not to have kids, it's a huge deal. Unlike the Western culture where our families don't really butt in as much. In Eastern culture, it's very normal for you to have these conversations and people to question you about why you're making these life choices. This is stupid. Like I've been told that so many times. You're going to regret it one day. You get older. Who's going to look after you when you're old? And my reply always has been, I'll make my money and I'll have people looking after me. You know, (laughs) I don't need kids to do that. I'll buy
0: a team. It's fine. Exactly.
1: And I think it's very selfish. And also there's a whole other aspect about if you see what's happening in the world right now, there's so much poverty. There is so much hunger. Uh, the pandemic that we have had, where is this world going to? So I don't know. I'm not comfortable to bring another life into this world at the current moment because I'm just adding to the world's problem. It's never going to end. We are overpopulated anyways. And and I don't think, I think I'm pretty awesome, but I don't think my DNA is that great that I need to reproduce. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely okay. And also there's another tiny little part that says my mother who lives in India, she works for Mother Teresa's Ministries of Charity. And she's an adoption social worker. So in her career, which has spanned over 35, 40 years, she has helped adopt 4,000 babies. And wow. uh, yeah, she also works for a Norwegian and German adoption agency. So if one day I'll be 55 and I change my mind, I can always adopt a baby, you know.
0: A hundred percent. And then you're giving somebody else a life that Correct. they wouldn't otherwise have.
1: And yeah. I really think that's the most noble thing a person can ever do. Anybody can have their own child. I think it's selfish in a way. But to take somebody else's and make it your own, I think that is, yeah, that's just brilliant. Nothing can beat yeah, that.
0: I mean, that's a really interesting point. I do think there is that element of self-interest, I guess, with you know, yeah. producing a little mini you, <laughs> okay. and it's something. It's especially as women, I think, as well, where it's just so, yeah, so embedded and ingrained in us that you, you basically, you finish school, you get married, you have kids, you do the little white picket fence thing, and and that's, that's it. what you do. Yeah, and there's not ever really been up until sort of, you know, more recently that room to say, well, actually that's not for me. I don't, I don't necessarily want to do that. Yes. Um, And then, and, and now that we can, it's still people I think are getting their head around it because I've got quite a few friends who have, I've got several who have by choice Mm -hmm. stayed child-free. Yeah. Several who by default stayed child-free because they hadn't wanted to. And then by by the time it did sort of feel like it, it was a Mm -hmm. bit too late. And then they were like, oh, look, I'm good. Um, And then I've got had a few friends who have really just struggled to have children. So many, yeah. Um, And so are child free or facing sort of surrogacy or adoption or whatever in order to do that. And then that's a very costly and you know stressful process as well. So it's it's just I find it interesting how our society is basically like, well, as a woman, if you're not being a mum, what are you? Yeah. Why do you exist? yeah, what's what's your point? Like, what, what are you here for if you're not yeah. reproducing as if we're just cows here too? Yeah, I, that's <laughs> it.
1: That point, I want to add two more things. My partner is now in his 40s. He has never once been questioned about not having kids. Not I once. I am the it, one who gets the question. He yeah. never gets And one another point, which I just, it's cringe for me. When a girlfriend tells you she's pregnant, you have to say, you have to say, Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. I'm not allowed or supposed to question that choice because this is my friend. I have to support her. But when I say that, I don't, you know, I'm trying to say by choice. I yeah. never get I. It's always a negative rebuff. It's always about I have to explain myself. Why? Why don't you want kids? What's wrong wow. with you? Do you have fertility issues? So I always need to just justify myself. Yeah. And when you think about it on a very basic level, I'm not doing anything. I'm breathing oxygen and I'm taking <laughs> out carbon dioxide. I'm living in this world. Just, you know, just be. I'm not adding to nothing. Whereas someone else who is getting pregnant, producing a child is going to add to the world population. We need more food. We need more medicines. We need more water. So technically we need to be questioning them why are you pregnant? Why do you think you are so fantastic that we need more of you? So if we are not, as a society, if we are not allowed to question them about their choices, why do I need to justify my choice, which is technically a choice which is not affecting anybody, right?
0: So basic. I think, I don't think anyone should have to justify anything. Mm. It's our lives. It's our decisions. Yeah. But like you said, it's it's not the men. It's the women. We get the questions. Always, we always. are the ones who get questioned about it. If you're not having kids yet, why not? Why aren't you married? Mm. And, and even I've had friends who have had a few kids and yes. they're up to like the third and everyone's like, oh, mm. that's another one. You're having another one. And it's yeah. like, well, if they want to have them, let them have Like, Yeah. It is no one else's business whether we do, don't, you eh. know, or multiple, multiple times have mm-hmm. children. It is mm-hmm. no one else's business yet as women. Society seems to think that they get an opinion on on Everything. our wombs and our That's reproduction it. and what yeah. we do. Yeah, and it just it sort of reminds me a bit of that. Did you ever read The Handmaid's Tale? Yes. Or watch? I haven't yeah. watched it, but I, I read, read it, it in yes. high school, and it just that really triggered my interest in this whole yeah. thing because it was like your breeders versus your essentially sex yeah. workers, which pretty is what much I turn them into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we did that in like year eleven or twelve. Lir, so I yeah. Like, <laughs> Not sure about the choice behind that one, but, <laughs> but it really did get me thinking about, you know, all that sort of stuff and why, how women really are. We are kind of put in this, in this breeding category. Yeah, and if you're boxes. Not, yeah. And if you're not breeding, then what are you doing? to What's be the point? To, especially being a mum and trying to do all of it myself. Yeah. It's really fucking hard, hard to do all of it. exactly. And I and I always feel like that I'm dropping a ball somewhere and yes. I can't do like every time, you know, for instance, when I was actually in like a proper job. Yeah. I worked at a proper job. Yeah. I My family fell apart because yeah. I, my son was in daycare from stupid o'clock in the morning to the evening. Yes. And then we never saw each other and, and I was just like, well, there's no point in me having a kid if I'm going to be doing this. Then, exactly. You know, like why even have a child if I'm trying to do that? So then that's why I went sort of back to doing my business and then I can work work my your hours business yeah business around my life. Yeah. But it really I mean there is I've I've actually I I've, I've written an article on this and it is a bit controversial, but I do think there is that element of you can't always have everything. You can't. something is gonna give because that's just the fact of it. Like and yeah. if you're wanting to put your all into being a mum, then you're going to have less time for business. If you yes. want to put your all into having a business, you're going to have less time to be a mom. And yeah. that's just the facts of it. So
1: media plays a huge part. And I really think women can't handle it all. Nobody can have it all. So you have to compromise and let go of a certain part of your life in order to excel in the others. And I think it's about us making peace with the fact that we can't have it all. If I want a great body and I want my body fat percentage to be in single digit, I need to dedicate the time to it. Then I have to take, I only have 24 hours in the day. So does Beyonce. I get it. But she has an (laughs) army of people who is helping her look that way and do her business.
0: And millions of dollars to invest in it. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Whereas we are making do with what we have. So 24 hours of the day, I'm going to dedicate it. So the way I work my life is pretty much like how we work our finances. I divide my life into four quarters for the year. And I will choose a different thing to focus on each quarter. So you can't see it now, but right now I've got my quarter four goals up there. It literally says to have my, the three points, I, I believe in a power of three. The yep. first point says to have my e-commerce, the new business, house of wellness up and running and to make a certain dollar. The second one says to get fit and to start doing splits again. I used to be able to do splits
0: when I was oh, younger. wow. That's my 2nd <laughs> And I've never been able to do that.
1: <laughs> and the third point says to be happy and spend more time with family. So that's it. So three things I choose to focus on each quarter and you really can't do it all. So there'll be three different things I'll focus on in January next year. And I think we just have to pick and choose our battles. That's it.
0: I really like that. I think that's a really good tactic. Mm-hmm. Especially for me, like uh, with the ADHD stuff. Yes. I'm always looking for ways to hack my brain. And, and yeah. I was actually just thinking about that this morning. Yeah. Was, so doing my makeup because I've yeah. got lights on me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my skin's getting re- yeah. really need to do something about my skin. And, yes. and I was like, Oh, but then it's another thing that I have to do. Like I've already got my – I do the basics. Yes, yes. And then I was like, oh, I just need – I just need – to go to Jazz, who's my beautiful beautician and go, yeah. can you just fix it once yeah. and then I never have to worry about it again. <laughs> mm, mm. But it's, it, that's mm. not the reality of life, right? There's always going to be things that you've got to do. Yes. So it's about kind of somehow bringing it into a routine yeah. and I like that idea of breaking it down into the quarters and quarter- being like, is, yeah. you know what, this quarter, Yes. it's going to be, is, yeah. for me, from a, you know, from a vanity point of view, I suppose, that's for me, it, this quarter yeah. is about my skin and for me mm. this quarter is about, mm. quarter is about that's my, it. you know, getting to the gym. T- well, gym is a standard for me these days, but yes. you know, and it's, do, you know, breaking it Down and doing those different focuses. So
1: the night before, I do my to-do list. I'm very old school. I still like a pen and paper, and (laughs) And I write it (laughs) down. That's it. And for me, it's about the three things that I need to achieve the next day. So when I wake up in my mind, I am clear. I know these are the three things. And then someday, I finish the three things, the three most important urgent by lunchtime, and then I can just kind of you know chill for the rest of the day. I might pick up some other things that. Needs to be done in future. It's not urgent. Or I might take the afternoon off and go for a walk or a swim. Watch a movie. Whatever I want. I do that quite often. And you need to reward yourself. I think us women, we are really bad at that as well. We don't enjoy our success. We don't own our success. We always are. You know, going to keep your head down. You have to be humble. You got to focus, which is all great. But you really need to own your own success as well. I think that's so important.
0: Oh, you've got to celebrate. That's the thing that I've learned this year, right? And I'm 43. I've just learned that <laughs> because, again, a bit of an ADHD thing and I think yeah. it's a bit of a, a female thing. It's a female thing. You just do shit. Yeah. And actually, I actually um, said this in my in my episode. You just do stuff and then you forget to go, hey, look how awesome I am. Because, exactly. like you said, we've got to be humble. You can't be Yeah. You know, you can't be you yeah. know, too arrogant or too whatever, even though men can do the same thing and not exactly. be considered arrogant. It's like, yeah. you know, oh, she just loves herself or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, fuck it. She should. She should. She's <laughs> she fucking should awesome. She's, She's amazing. awesome. We should be allowed to celebrate that. Shit. Exactly. And it's so important. And that's the thing, I think, especially if you start celebrating those little things, then the big things yeah. are more like, yeah. Have, it, it's a bit like that. It's it's manifestation and it is. and essentially like more of attraction, right? Yes. So the more that you're grateful and the more gratitude that you have, the more things yeah. you get to be grateful exactly. for and have. Yeah. Gratitude for. So it it is one of those things that is so so important and it's so easily forgotten and so yeah. easily missed. For and that's why now. I keep
1: all the awards I've won over the years in my study, right behind me. So as I'm working, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I'll just like, for me, I'm so used to just spinning in my chair. So I spin around, I look at the awards and I'm like, I'm doing okay. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's just a bad day. You know, it's not a bad month. It's not a bad year. Just a bad day. Just shake it off and move on.
0: So let's celebrate those. What have you got there? I know you did it. You got like a 30 under 30 award or something like that, didn't you? Yeah. That's so I've
1: pretty got, amazing. I've got a few. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got 30 under 30. I won the Telstra Young Businesswoman of the Year uh, four years ago. I just recently won and got inducted into the Hall of Fame for the Belmont WA 4 Business Awards. So with that, if you win three awards uh, after the third win, they don't let you intern and then you go into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> So right. I've won Businesswoman of the Year, Business Migrant of the Year, and then this year, uh, last week, I won Innovation and Creativity Award I for the saw new business. That.
0: That's so exciting for the Thank House you. of Wellness. For well, the that House, actually of us. Us, that actually leads us—that leads us in really well to that. Do you want to talk a little bit about House of Wellness and how that sort of came about as well? Absolutely, interesting story behind that one too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So. To track backtrack with active wellness, which is my other business, which I started about four and a half years ago, that started everything with an injury I had. So as a dancer, I have had lots of injuries. I broke my ankle and I've had two surgeries. And my surgeon said, you would never be able to dance again. And I said, what should we, you know, I'm not going to stop dancing. (laughs) Not going to happen. And I was, you know, and two surgeries, multiple cortisol injections, and I constantly was looking for things that are holistic in nature to help you heal. And then I was, came across the wonderful world of biohacking. So biohacking essentially is using science and technology to make our lives better, to improve youth, aging, vitality. So everything to do with human body, we're using science and tech to make it better. Everything that's holistic. So we're not injecting anything, everything that can be done with the power of science. So that, that's when you're coming to red light therapy. That's when you have full spectrum infrared with binaural beats and music therapy. So all of these sort of beautiful things that fall under biohacking. And that led me to start active wellness. So which essentially it is a spa, but it's a wellness spa. So not a spa where you get the traditional facials. It's more about healing everything in your body inside out rather than outside it. You have to actually
0: do stuff. <laughs> yeah, you have to do stuff.
1: But it's so great for you and it's really something that we all should be doing weekly in and out and nikki is you know a perfect example can tell you how good you feel once you do that
0: i love it i love it i'm i'm on a break until new year new year and, um, yes but i love i love my fridays that's it yeah it. you year, just yeah. you feel
1: so good and yeah I mean, i've had such amazing stories and i've been able to dance again with that even now when i if i'm teaching a class i get a lot of inflammation and swelling in my uh, my broken ankle my left ankle I just go and roll it out 20 minutes on the roll machine. My ankle, which has swollen to this size, it's back to the normal size. just drains all the fluid out. It's just, it's magic. And I've been doing that for four and a half years. And that's when I realized that we do have a lot of clients that we get who are CISO and who come from either interstate or coming from Manjura. And they can't really come in for a weekly visit. So we need to help them with gadgets that they can use at home. And that's when I came across a little, you know, similar to what we offer again with red light, infrared, all of those biohacking techniques, but into small gadgets that you can use at home. And that led to the birth of House of Wellness, which is a house of wellness and everything is going to (laughs) fall under it. And we've been now trading for two months and every six weeks we launch a new product. So the first product we launched was under the spectrum of anti-aging for eyes and because I'm in my mm. mid-30s, for me it's about preventative anti-aging and mm. being ethnic, I have a lot of dark circles and I think it's looking pretty great right now. <laughs> I have, it has reduced a lot for me. and we just I haven't, uh, I haven't
0: tested mine out yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, you must. Do
1: you, know what, do you
0: know what happened though? So I got it and I was so excited and then Crystal was like, you just got to get some of the aloe vera gel. And yeah. I was like, sweet, I can do that. I have not got the aloe vera gel. That's the only thing that's stopping me and I'm like, so you Nikki, just need, Nikki, I you just, just need a,
1: <laughs> you just need a conductor. So aloe vera gel yeah. is, is ideal, but if not, you can just use moisturizer, huh? That's fine. Oh, okay. All it just right. has to be wet. So just any moisturizer. And when you're watching TV at night, just pop them yeah. on. So yeah. great. Awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of how the birth of House of Wellness came. So we're very excited with that. And we are now, at launching it globally as well. So we have had a couple of vendors that we're speaking to in America in India, in Norway. And that all will be happening early next year.
0: That's super exciting. Mm-hmm. So you'll, you'll then be global with two businesses.
1: Yes, yeah, So we, I have Bali Active Fitness, which is an oh, international yes. dance fitness program. So the easiest way to describe it is it's like Zumba, but with Bollywood and yoga and for mm-hmm. mental health as well. So I've yeah. got instructors in Paris, Finland, Norway, India, Dubai. Um, yeah, so that is about five and a half years old now, that business. So yes, four businesses.
0: That's amazing. I just think, I just think that's absolutely phenomenal.
1: Thank but you. But I
0: just want to like jump back a little bit. Yes, yes. Because when we were chatting, like tell me to shut up if you don't want to share this on air. But when we were chatting about yes. the House of Wellness and why you started it, you yes. were talking to me about when you went away and then yes. you realized because you've got your own stuff going on. So tell me about tell me about that cuz I feel like yes thank you for probably, bringing that that's probably a bigger thing for you yes that's that, huge, has, that huge. kind of triggered triggered it yes. more than yeah so
1: i have fibroids and endometriosis and fibroids is so common 3 out of 5 women these days have it um, and it's just stuff happening with your uterus it's extremely painful i have passed out a couple of times and been taken to emergency because of my period pain is that intense and my family, has, um, as I've spoken before, is overseas. And my father-in-law was battling brain cancer for the last two years. So over the last two years, I've done lots of trips, 17 trips to India. And a couple of trips, I was there for about two to three months at a time when we were caring for him. And this is the time when I didn't get to use the biohacking services of the wellness part, which is something we offer at the spa. So the red light therapy and the infrared makes a huge difference for the period cramps. So pre-potting days, I used to go through about eight to nine neurofins on the first day of periods wow. just to manage the pain. And I still had to take the day of work. I'd be crying, a tub of ice cream, all of that. I had to wipe off like two, two working days. I had to completely wipe it off in a month wow. for me. And for girls who don't have fibroids or endometriosis, I'm telling you, it's not just period pain. It is just phenomenal. It's always halfway there to childbirth. Like it's so intense. You just can't physically, mentally, you can't function. Yeah. And when I started doing the wellness pod treatments, that just made a whole, you know, just changed my life completely. So now I make sure that on the first day of period, I go and do the pod. So the wellness pod, which has the medical grade red light and the infrared, it completely gets rid of the cramps and the pain. And then I can function and go back and live a normal life. So from about eight painkillers a day, I went to zero painkillers. That is
0: amazing.
1: Changed my life. Yeah, It was just so good. But then this thing happened when I had to travel a lot for family and I started missing my weekly sessions. And when that started happening and I got my periods in the second month when I was overseas, all that pain that I haven't experienced for the last four years, it just came crashing down. And it was so intense. It just reminded me of the pre-potting days. Just I could not, could not take that pain. And that is kind of where it kickstarted the idea that we really need to help more people who can't physically make it to the spa. Because even during COVID, we had so many people get in touch with us from the Eastern States. Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Byron Bay, Sunshine Coast, you name it, asking for these treatments. Because they're very popular in America, but there are very few people in Australia offering And we are one of those few. And I just know that this can help so many women out there. Everything from endometriosis to arthritis, any autoimmune condition, Hashimoto's, fibro. You tell me what you have and I'll tell you how we can fix it or just help you with pain management with it. And so that was kind of channelized the idea of creating these gadgets that we can help women, the ones who cannot make it to us. And Nikki, I'm very excited to tell you, I guess, and make it public on this podcast yep. that our next product coming up, which is probably a month away, it is the, pay, the period pain relief belt. So Ooh. it's going to be a belt. You can use it for back pain. You can use it yep. for period pain. It has red light therapy. It has EMS, massaging, tense technology Ooh. for massage and infrared heat. So think of a mini pod. So everything we have in a nice. pod, it'll yep. be a small version and you can pop it on. So you could be working, you could be doing a podcast, and I could be wearing the belt.
0: <laughs> Fantastic! Ooh, so that's exciting. That's the it's next one. Exciting. Next one on my list. Yes, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to use my neck massager too.
1: <laughs> the neck massager is i uh, sorry to say—but it's better than sex. It is yeah. so
0: good and so that's all good. Right, I don't have much of that at the moment. Stop so I'll be, <laughs> I'll be all over that neck massager. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I actually—I bought a few because I was like. I'm giving these to people for gifts. It's the best. They're so good. It's so amazing.
1: Yes. So good.
0: Yeah. I find that that's one of the interesting things that, like a lot of the people I speak to in, you know, through my other business Mm. who have started their businesses, because that's kind of a lot of my clients is, you know, startups or, you know, SMEs. And a lot of the stories come from somebody having had some sort of issue and yeah. they've created a solution for it and then that's become their business. Yes. And I feel like a bit, this is essentially the same. What, what this is. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes.
1: I think it all comes from a personal problem and then you suddenly realise that there's so many other people who have the same problem that you do. And if I have, you know, sound that's helping me, we can help other people. Because when I was at an active wellness spa, all I did was I bought one pot. It was so expensive. I was going to put it in my house just for me, just to manage my my fibroid pain and my ankle. And then I didn't have the space in my house. So I took the risk. And in my dance studio, I emptied one storeroom which just had dance costumes. I yeah. put the pod in there. No website, no logo, nothing. And active wellness was just something that popped in my head. Made an Instagram page. And with one pod, the first month it went viral. We had 76 bookings. Wow. And that's when I realized that, oh my God, there are so many broken people like me who need yeah. this. And then it sort of snowballed into a business. So it wasn't a business. It was purely selfish and personal because I wanted it. And I thought, well, this is so expensive. It's going to take me, you know, like 10 years to pay for it. So I'll put it in the studio. And all vinyl brain part was I can help my dancers because there's lots of dancers. You know, we all are middle age-ish. We all have aches and pains. This will help them. But I didn't realize there is so many other people we can help with that.
0: Yeah, I mean there always is and that's the thing that I've said in the past as well is that this is why I'm so big on sharing my stories and yes. like the, the you know, the not-so-fun stories yes. because we all, especially in this day and age of social media where it's like fucking rainbow spaghetti and mm. me looking glamorous in front of mm. an expensive car or, you know, mm. whatever all this just insta-fame yeah. is, we lose sight of the fact that... Yes. People are still human and we all still have shit going on. Yeah. And so often if you start sharing your story, you realise there's so many other people out there who have, yeah. who are going through the same thing. And we all have different things. Yes. Like for you, especially with Fibro because I know a few people and I know another business owner who started her business because of that. Fibro. And I just think, the more that we share those mm. the harder bits and the bits that we don't put on social media, Correct. Yes. the more we actually create more of a community and the yeah. more healing we can do amongst yeah. humans because, yeah, I think we've just got to that point where everything has to be perfect or has to be yes. perfect and, yeah. and people don't feel comfortable to be imperfect.
1: Yeah, and I think but, as, as a business owner, it's also very important that we put out our highs and lows both it's very yeah. important because people think, you know, etc. I, I get that quite a bit. I was like, you, you know, you live such a glamorous life, you have four businesses. And I'm like, do you have any idea how hard it is to manage four different teams, four different businesses, four different logistics, all the businesses are so different from each other. So I think us as business owners and someone, I guess, who is out in the public space, it's very important for us to share that with everybody that it's not always glamorous. I think glamour is, you know, probably ten percent of the whole day. The rest is my hair is up in a bun. I'm still <laughs> wearing my pajama bottoms right now, and I've been on the computer since five a.m. this morning, just working. Because that's the reality, you know. Nobody wakes up like this, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But Everyone, everyone who's on my socials has seen me how I don't <laughs> <see> have <that hand laughs> <on my> makeup. <laughs> But I mean, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Because it is hard. It's a hard slog. It's a hard slog to get there. Hard. And what's some of the hardest things that you found in terms of? I mean, because that's four businesses, man. <laughs> that's a lot of businesses. A lot of so, businesses. So I mean, that, there's got to have been a few struggles from more a than perspective a few that you found. Yeah. Yeah. More than a few. I
1: think that I grew up in a. My dad's a chemical engineer, and he also has a business. So I grew up in a household where my dad was in a business. And my dad used to always tell me, and I never believed him until I started my businesses. He said, running a business is easy, but the hardest thing is managing people. People Mm. management, hands down, is the hardest thing. Touch wood, I am blessed to have an absolutely wonderful team in all my businesses. They're so great. Some of the people I had in my team for the dance studio, they've been with me for 13 years. They were my first student in my garage studio. And now they're instructor. So I take great pride in building a community and quite a tight knit, almost like a family sort of group. It's very important to me. And I think that is, I guess, good and bad because when they leave you, it really hurts because, you know, for for me, it was a family member and then they're choosing to go, but everybody has their own journey. So I think the people management definitely is the hardest. Another thing I found for myself, because I started my first business when I was 21, which is kind of young, I find ageism is very relevant in the business world. And I used to notice that when I used to work for the government as well. Quite often, I'd walk into a conference room and I'm the one presenting. And after this, I'm walking and all the gentlemen would tell me, his coffee or not? And I just look at him. And I'm, I'm the one. And I remember when yeah. I used to work for the government, I would not wear makeup. I would wear glasses and yeah. loose, baggy clothes, like not like not dress up, just to make myself look older, so people would take me seriously. Yeah. And when I started my business, and you know, we used to do lots of, we do a lot of private gigs for corporations, for government, and I just find people don't take you seriously. You are young. You are a female. And you've been in business just for a few years. So I think those were a couple of big challenges to sort of get through. So I think those have been the biggest, I guess, hurdles in business, but great learning experiences.
0: Yeah. Especially in government as well. I imagine that's a bit like marketing and advertising was. Correct. That's what I found. Because when I was sort of, you know, pushing, I was in my 20s and I was so driven and hungry and I wanted to learn. And I was in this room full of middle-aged men. That's it. (laughs) Middle-aged white men. White men. (laughs) Who, who, who well, we it's... classify as old white men, they've moved on. <laughs> but it was that same thing. It was like, you know, oh, yeah. Nikki will take the notes or Nikki will do it. And I'm like, why is Nikki doing this? Like, yeah. I don't... <laughs> well, like I'm like i at the same level as some of these guys, even exactly. though they're older yeah. than me. So why, why am I the one who then suddenly has to 100%. go, oh,
1: yeah,
0: I'll take the minutes for the meeting or, you know. <laughs> and let, let me just like pander to your egos while you all go around the room and say the things that you need to say, mm. which we could have finished in five minutes, but correct. everyone had to. I used to call it, excuse me, everybody, but I used to call it the swinging dick competition. Correct. They wanted just to see who could swing at the fastest or yes. the longest, or I don't know how they do that. <laughs> but we have been sitting in <laughs> this meeting for it's... like an hour and a half that could have happened in probably probably 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, Because everybody had to say something, yeah. and everybody had to have their own opinion. Listen, well, Nikki, you know? just described
1: my entire, uh, my entire career in the government was pretty much yeah. what you described, right, Up.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, Every meeting
1: would have been an email, honestly.
0: Oh, I know. But it's, it, it was, I just, well, for me, I felt like it was just pandering to egos. All- yeah. <laughs> but that's what over
1: the years I keep telling my girls because I do train a lot of, I mentor a lot of my girls in all the businesses. The girls were young girls. And sometimes I just say, you have to just be a man. You know, whether you think, you know, the idea you have is stupid or not, just say it with a confidence, just like a man does because they don't care how stupid yeah. they sound. They just say it. And it happens. So why do we always, you know, we'll think of an idea, we know it's great, but then we're gonna R about it, do your pros and cons list, overthink it, and at the end do nothing with that idea. Whereas mm. a man is just gonna spin it out, whatever comes to his mind. So that's what I tell the girls, just be a man, just say it. Don't think about it so much.
0: That is a really good point. That's really good cool. I don't think I think I think we mm. you know, listen to me, I think. <laughs> we we overthink too as much. Women. A hundred percent. And we then, if it's not a hundred percent perfect, mm. then we won't, we won't float it. Whereas yeah. guys will be like, uh, it's mm. like 10% of an idea. Let's chuck it out there and see what happens.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I changed mean, that. I changed that for myself about two years ago when I'd gotten a new business coach and it was mainly about changing the mindset. Mm. And I kind of, and it's again, like put on my wall and I, I live by it. Action beats planning every single time. Yes. Simple as that. Just make it happen. I think we women will overanalyze, overthink everything. Website needs to be perfect. The font mm-hmm. needs to be perfect. The color needs to be perfect. The folder should needs to be perfect. If I, if I was going to do that, there was no way I would do for businesses. So now I just go with whatever is happening. It's more important for me to finish the job and get to the next rather than having that perfect. And I think yeah. these days, especially where social media plays a huge part in business and marketing, People do want to see raw images, raw videos, which is not edited, which is not perfect. They want to see it as it is. And I think that works the best. So now it's all about action beats planning every single time. Just make it happen. Just put it out there. If it's wrong, we can go back and fix it. But put it out there and just, yeah, don't analyze it. I think that's really helped me with the last two businesses. When I changed my mindset about letting go of that perfection and just rolling with it. Just be a man. Just do it.
0: <laughs> I think that's really good. And it also feeds back into that authenticity, isn't it? Because yeah. all that perfect stuff isn't, that's not no, necessarily not real. real. That's us making it look perfect. Correct. But, but it's messy action as my PR coach said, because okay. this, what you've just said there is exactly what she's been talking to me about over the last few yeah. months, because I do have that. It's that yeah. it needs to be perfect. Otherwise I can't do it. And then you overanalyze everything. And so I've, as you'll see on my pages now, it literally is just messy action. It's like, just get it out do just it. do because it. Just do it. We're so, like social media is so fast now that it doesn't, it really doesn't have to be perfect. No. And I, I, you know, and that's, as a branding person, I hate sort of saying that. Of course. Because, you know, that, where from this old school thing of everything that you go out needs to be on brand. It needs to be on message. to be perfect. And, Everything's got to be great but like I think for me now that technology is changing, we have to change and we have to evolve with it and we have to let go of the need of perfectionism because you can still be on brand and it not be perfect, you know, as long as you're getting your messaging right, your tone of voice right and whatever... And you're just being you and you're being authentic. Like if you're branding and your brand is authentic to you, then it's not as hard no, because you don't have to think as hard and then stuff will just happen. And you can just put out content (laughs) that will be, look at my cat in the background, (laughs) that She's always going to be part of everything. Yeah, but you, just, you can then just put out content that isn't perfect but is still yeah. authentic and is still it's real. the so, Yeah. Yeah, it is. But like, like you said, that's exactly what people want to see now. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's what the, And also I think attention span is so short these days. So even if you put something out which might not be perfect, you don't even have to take it down because people have forgotten it. 24 yeah. hours and it's gone. Yeah,
0: if they've got a scroll, they're not going to see it anyway. No, either.
1: so just do a new post tomorrow, which is on yeah. brand. So you don't even have to like delete your mistakes. It can just yeah. be there because it'll be gone in 24 hours.
0: So I guess that's a good, a good lead into like for you, yeah. what would be your advice to someone who's sort of at the other end, at the other end of yeah. whether it's business and I guess as well for you, for women who have made the decision or are, are struggling to make that decision as to whether they want to go child-free and, you know, yeah. is it going to work for them and can they do it for business? Like what's, what's your advice for, for those
1: people? I think the biggest advice I would give, which is something that I've learned in, you know, the last 13 years in business is very, very important to cut out the white noise. There is going to be thousands of people giving you a thousand different advices and everybody comes and gives you the advice based on their own journey, their own experience. But their experience is not yours. Only you know your true journey and you know your authentic self. So I think whether it is in business or in your personal life or professional life, if you're working in a corporate role, it's all about blocking out that white noise. Let that be. Don't be influenced by it. You can let people talk to you in and just let it pass by and then it's making the decision and the choices which are authentic to your real self. What are your values? What are your beliefs? So I would say the main thing to do in any of these journeys is to do some self reflection, work on yourself. What are your non-negotiables? So for me, the non-negotiable was the, the key thing, being time-free. So when I was with my partner, I said, you know, I'm happy to move and he was the reason we moved to Perth. I was in Brisbane. He was in the UK. So I said, that is for me in a relationship, negotiable. I am okay to move cities, but I'm not okay to have a child. So if you think that is your non-negotiable, let's just part ways. Mm. So I think it's about finding what is your own belief. And a lot of us, we're just floating through life. We don't know what we want, what we don't want. So I think the base is to begin with sense of selection about what are your values? Where do you stand? Where is your foundation? Once you have clarity about that, then you can build from there, whether it's your personal life, professional life, business, whatever that might be. So I think that would be my biggest go-to is to block out the white noise and self-reflection and work out your own beliefs.
0: I think that's a really good point too because there are so many people who are lost and don't know yeah. what they want. And in fact, a lot of people who, you know, get told what they should and shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you, when you spend your lifetime being told you should be this, you should be that, or you should be doing this, it's really hard to then go, <laughs> oh, what do what do I want actually? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we and, that, and the same thing applies to the choice to be child free as well. If that is something that you're consciously aware, if it aligns with your beliefs, then you can just lock down what everybody else is saying. As long as if you are in a relationship, you and your partner are on the same page, life is good. It's very easy to block them out. But I think the people who get affected by other people's opinion is because they're not sure about it themselves. Mm -hmm. So you need to be very sure. So for me, that just came very early on. I think I was 15 or 16. And I've always known I wanted to be chasing by choice. And Mm -hmm. that's why every time I did get into a relationship, I would make it very clear. First, begin with little jokes on the side. (laughs) After that, when, you know, after a couple of dates, when you're starting to get into something a bit more serious, Mm -hmm. I would always put it out there. Because I always felt I didn't want to lead somebody on And then, you know, it would be a messy break. I didn't want that. So I was very clear from day one that this is non-negotiable. Can't do that. Everything else I can work with. This is a big no. So I think it's about finding that, you know, Just stay true to yourself.
0: But so tell us where, like, where are you going? I mean, obviously you've got House of Wellness. Is this the last thing for you? Or do you think there's more on the horizon? Or like, Oh, never say never. What's happening? Yeah.
1: What I I do really want to do is I do want to, I've been looking at this concept of being a digital nomad. So as you know, again, being child safe by choice, I don't have to be rooted anywhere. So one of the things that I want to focus on next year is now that COVID is done, the world is back open, all of that. I've traveled quite extensively this year. I've probably spent about four months of this 2023 overseas. And I want to be doing more of that, but I want to structure it better. So I'm looking at in 2024, I want to begin with spending three months in Bali and running my business from there. And then come European summer, I want to move to Portugal and I want to live there for three months. Um, So, I want to out of the 12 months, I want nine months away, and I want to do three different places for three months each.
0: Amazing. That is the dream. Yeah, it has (laughs) been
1: the last two years has been a bit tough with family and with my father in law battling brain cancer, and he passed away in May this year.
0: Um, So, we just
1: thank you. So, we're just sort of wrapping all of that up, and now I'm channelizing my energy in in, uh, the travels for next year. So, it's for me. It's about focusing on the business to automate things, so that I can still run it. I have wonderful teams all across the businesses, so I want to make sure that all the automation, the teams is correctly trained, so I can detach myself so and I can still run the business from overseas. So that's where I'm working on right now. And the other big goal is to retire my partner. So he's an engineer, uh, and he works for FMT. So that's where that's something that I want to work on. Is I. I would like to, because he has a marketing background on top of his engineering degree. So I know that he would be a great asset to the business, especially for House of Wellness as we start going global. Yeah. So I'd really like to see if I can um, make him a part of the company and get him on board. Um, so that's the other goal for next year is to retire that's him.
0: exciting. Yeah, and then you are both be in it together and, you know, it. making it all happen. That's yeah. super exciting. Yeah,
1: so that's for 2024.
0: Yeah, big goals. Definitely. I love it. Yeah.
1: Oh, well. What about I you, guess, Nikki? What are your big goals me, for 2024? My,
0: my big goals for 2024, I, I'm solidifying. I've had a really big, like, oh. shift this year. Um, you have. And it's been really interesting as I've actually pulled off a lot more layers. I've spent my life, I'm a bit like, yeah, I've spent my life doing self-development and, you know, mm-hmm. healing and mm-hmm. all these things. But this year has just been, like, just like quantum leaps, Mm. because I think I've just suddenly gone, there's these last little things that are there and I don't need them anymore and I've stepped out of that. So I've sort of stepped away from hiding and stepped into myself and started owning, well, I found out about the ADHD and the neurodiversity, so ASD, SPD, ADHD, Mm -hmm. all the acronyms in my house. And so I found out about that, which actually weirdly put esteem back into myself yeah, because all of my lifetime I did all these weird things and thought it was just me being weird and being told all these different things, you know, are, are bad in a million yeah. different ways. Yeah. And all of those things actually come down to this neurodiversity, which for me was a really, it was a game changer because yeah. I suddenly went, ha, oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not lazy. I'm not slow. I'm not stupid. I'm not, you know, of too course, hard, too fast, too yeah. whatever. It's. I'm not too anything. I'm just mm. ADHD, <laughs> and that is what it is. And all of these things that I mm. always thought of myself as being weird or yeah. You know, I'm not pretty sure I'm with ADHD <laughs> as well. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that you have got four businesses is a bit of a trigger on that one. I know. <laughs> this, is like, <laughs> this is my people, but but yeah. So I think for me that actually helped a lot, and that was probably the yeah. the biggest trigger to me accepting myself and all these other things as well and yeah. then obviously the stuff with my ex reappearing mm. and going into a little bit of a spiral a fear spiral mm. around that mm. and realizing I hadn't actually cleared that and I had still been hiding for so long 12 12 years mm. and not really stepping into my light and stepping into myself because every time I did something like that happened and then I yeah. just retreated Pulled again back. so I think this year having a really good team around me as well I've got a business mentor I've got my PR coach right. and I've got a lot of you know my, my usual standard holistic healing teams I've and got I think team. yeah exactly and I think all of that has just combined to help me actually just go no this time it's not this time it's not setting me back we're going forward and we're just moving forward so things are kind of growing so for me then this whole brand mediumship thing coming out or coming out as a psychic oh my god I hate I'm, I'm getting better at saying that word now. I've just, I've, <laughs> my entire life I've hated that word and I've never, never said it, but I'm getting better at it. So all of that is now coming together and working with my PR coach and my business mentor. My goal is for the next year to have that sufficiently rebranded and solidified brilliant, and just distilled down to exactly what it is that I'm doing. And I think with every client that's getting more clear. Yeah. And yeah. with every session with my business mentor and every session with my PR coach, it gets clear and it's mm. it's sort of crystallizing very fast. But my goal is to have that locked down and well embedded in 2024 or so, and to so, be, to be making my salary off that. Yes, of
1: course. Yeah. And so you're on your way, you know. Away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I love brand artisans and it has been my baby, but I, ne- it's time for me to step away from that now. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's where I'm at. I'm kind of like I need to just take back and I need to do what is right for me. So that's right. my 2024 goal. So. Yeah,
1: sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it will be like high fiving. That's Maybe right. When kids old enough, I'm gonna come and do what you're doing. And go that's traveling. That's that was that was always my goal of forever. I was just like, I just want to be like summer, 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 like the endless. That's summer. it. Like... Me
1: too. I hate winter. I can't deal with winter. I'm so depressed in winter. So I just want to skip winter whenever I go because between Northern and Southern Hemisphere, we can just keep swapping. Exactly. So every time there is a bit of cold, I'm going. I'm out yeah, of here. You never know when there is a ticket for sale uh, for Bali. So you better have your passport ready for that. Well, that's it. All right.
0: Well, on that note, we probably need to wind it up, but thank you yeah. so much for coming in. It's been so good to chat to you. I know we get to chat every now and then anyway, but it's nice to to do it officially and for a bit of a longer period.
1: <laughs> no, I'm honoured. So thank you for making me, you know, your first guest on your podcast. Yeah. Very excited.
0: So good to chat. Right. Thank you All so right. much. Thank you so much for joining me on the Kick-Ass Chronicles. It's been wonderful to have you with me. And I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you want to get in touch with me or you want to see more of what I do, you can find me on Instagram at Nikki Weaver Official or you can jump over to my website at NikkiWeaver.com and every episode of the podcast will be on there as well, plus a few other amazing things that I am up to. So (laughs) looking forward to catching up with you again next time.